All right, welcome everyone. So we've got uh, Facebook Live, we've got YouTube, and we have the chat room. Testing the bandwidth of my cable internet connection. So uh, today we're going to be talking about the metrics of a winning trader on uh, this, the eighth episode of Behind the Trades. And I'm going to be teaching you guys about the profit trifecta, which is um, basically a breakdown of where you need to be in terms of your metrics in order to be a profitable trader. All right, so let me um, jump ahead here. So um, overview of the weekly stats, I want to go over this quickly. This has been, uh, for the most part, a pretty decent week. I'm finishing the week up about $5,000 on uh, my own trades with just better than one-to-one -one ratio, about 1.1 to one profit loss ratio and 70% accuracy, which is fantastic. The accuracy has been good. Uh, total profits are decent. Ha didn't see as many really big winners, but I did have a $4,200 day on Tuesday. So um, had one good size uh, winner this week. And, you know, really that goes to show that it only takes one. And if you could find one really good trade each week, I mean, you can hit your weekly goal with that one trade. So making sure every trade you take has a quality uh, potential is, you know, and, and home run potential is really important. So uh, today's topic will be the metrics of a winning trader. And then after we, um, uh, after I walk you through the profit trifecta and what those metrics look like, we'll answer three viewer submitted questions. We'll talk about one viewer submitted story and we'll have the gift giveaway. Today we're giving away a, um, a copy or access of the Warrior Starter course, which is uh, 9.97 on the website. Okay, so um, let's see. Today's topic is the metrics of a winning trader. And here's the thing: the metrics of all successful traders, all winning traders, are going to be similar. And that is to say that there's a minimum baseline metric that you need to meet in order to be a profitable trader. And if you're below that level, you're not going to make money. And when you're above that level, you're profitable. So between Mike, Jeff, and myself, you know, we all have the metrics of a winning trader. But what does that actually look like? What does that mean? I'm going to show you a system where you can track your metrics and understand your progress. So you can basically check your metrics against this um, the system that I'm going to show you and um, you know track your progress at the end of each week or the end of each month, depending on uh, kind of where you're at in your uh, career as a trader. One of the things that's going to be really important for all of you guys is that you put together goals of what you need to accomplish to get from A to B, to get from wherever you are now to where you want to be you know, in three weeks or in a month or even in three months, right? Obviously, we want you to be at the point where, uh, you know, you're, you're a profitable trader. So you're going to see those metrics and you're going to have to figure out, okay, from where I'm at now to where I need to be, what are some things that I need to do? For most traders, it's going to come down to discipline because most traders fall into the habit of over-trading. They know what an A-quality setup looks like, but they end up taking B quality, C quality, and D quality setups. You know, they just kind of deviate from the plan. That can be out of boredom, maybe out of frustration, uh, but, you know, regardless of what it is, you need to stay focused on just trading your go-to setup. And if you don't know what your go-to setup is, then you probably shouldn't even be trading, uh, be trading with real money at this point. Okay, so 
this is um, for those of you watching on uh, YouTube and um, in the chat room. You can already see. I'm going to put up the screen here for those of you watching on Facebook Live. So this is the profit trifecta. All right. So um, there are three components of the profit trifecta. The first one is that you need to have uh, consistency. You need to be consistent. So multiple weeks of consistently producing profits. Number two is knowing your your uh, percentage, your win rate. Right? If you're 50% or lower, you're rarely going to be profitable. And then three is understanding your profit loss ratio. These are the three components of any successful trader. So when we look at weeks of consistent profit, you know if you're at zero weeks and you can't put together one week of consistent profits, obviously that's going to be a problem. Right. We want to see you doing at least, you know, three to four weeks of consistent profits before you start trading with real money. You know, so for me right now, I was red last week. This week I'm finishing green. So I'm really only one week of consistent profits. But if I look at the big picture of, you know, the last six months, for the most part, I've been, uh, you know, very consistently closing each week green. So uh, the longer you've traded, the the better you can get that sense of what your consistency is. And then we've got uh, knowing your uh, trade win percentage. So if you're less than 50%, it's going to be very hard for you to be a successful trader. I mean, it, it's not, I mean, the fact is you can be profitable uh, with accuracy lower than 50%, but your profit loss ratio would need to be super, super high. So for instance, right here, you can see that if your profit loss ratio is two to one right down here, meaning you win 200 on average when you lose uh, 100 on average, so your winners are twice as big as your losers, then you actually only need to be right 33% of the time in order to break even, which is true. But then you have that um, you know, subconscious impact of the fact that you're wrong six out of 10 times. And it really breaks down your confidence. And for most traders, they can't stay focused and they can't trade well when their accuracy is only 33%. So at, a at basically my benchmark minimum is that you're trading at 50% accuracy. 50% accuracy. Now, if you trade at 50% accuracy, you need to have a minimum profit loss ratio of one to one in order to break even. That means if you lose 100 on average, you make 100 on average, right? So I would say your next benchmark here is minimum profit loss ratio of one to one. A beginner trader, you know, is is w right at one to one. A not profitable trader is below one to one. An intermediate trader might be 1.5 to one, and a more seasoned trader is two to one uh, or even better. Now I'm personally trading uh, right around 1.25 to one. So even my metrics aren't nearly as good as they could be. I mean. You know, I, there's traders who are out there who I'm sure are better than me. Uh, you know, I'm consistent and I'm profitable, but I know that I could do more to improve my profit loss ratio. My accuracy right now is about 68%. This week it was over 70, which is fantastic. Uh, but over the last like three and a half, four years, my accuracy has been about 60, 68%. And then, you know, going back to the top, weeks of consistent profitability. So how many weeks in a row have you guys been... Um, you know, profitable, right? Now, for me, this is going to be my first week. So I'm, I'm back on a green streak. But before that, I had five weeks of consistent um, profits. So, 
you know, five weeks was a good stretch, had one red week, now I'm back into, uh, you know, building up consecutive green weeks. Okay. Uh, and yeah, reminder, Raymond, uh, no penny stocks or OTC stocks in the main chat room. All right. And Mike, you could disable uh, Raymond's chat if you want. Okay. So um, now this is, this, you know, uh, slide that we put together shows you what I consider as being the three criteria that you need to understand in order to be a profitable trader. If you don't understand these three criteria, well, you're certainly at a disadvantage, right? So you have to understand these three criteria and uh, where you stand on, you know, each one of these uh, points. Okay, so this is my profit trifecta score. I'm at a 14. Uh, now, <laughs> 14 is the best you can possibly do. Is it any surprise that I'm a 14? I'm just kidding. The best you could do is 18. I, I was I was generous. I gave myself a 14 just to barely get into the professional trader. I'm I'm at the bottom of that bracket. So you know I, I'm sure over the years I'll continue to move up on my uh, my own metrics. But uh, to show you kind of where I stand today. So when we look at these metrics, w what we're seeing is number one consistency. So where do you stand? All right. So each third, each section has a total of six points. So if you're, if you're perfect on all three, you have 18 points. All right, so one, two, three, four, five, six. So if you only have one week of consecutive profit, well, you're a, you're a one or you're a two. If you're only at 50% or 55%, again, you're a two. And over here, if your profit loss ratio is only one to one, you're again a two. So if you're a four to a six, you're a beginner trader. Right, which is fine. If that's where you are right now, that's okay. You just need to know where you're at right now so you can figure out what you need to do to get from beginner trader to intermediate, experienced, and then professional. You know, Mike, he's, his uh, trading is a little bit different than mine. He doesn't trade as often as I do, but his um, profit loss ratio is really, really good. And that's partly because of the type of stocks that he trades and the setups that he's trading. When you trade reversal setups, you know, you're buying really weak stocks off the bottom and then you sell them as they move back up. So you usually have a really good profit loss ratio, better than than even two to one. I think he's like three to one or four to one. So he's going to be a six in this side. His accuracy is pretty good because he's very selective. He only trades, you know, maybe once a day. Some days he won't trade at all. And so as a result, his consistency is good. But at the same time, you know, that may be based on four or, you know, five trades a week. Whereas my metrics will be based on probably 20 or 25 trades a week. So just something to think about in terms of, uh, you know, if you only have one trade a week, it's going to be easier for you to be an 18 uh, out of 18. Whereas if you have, uh, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 trades, it's going to be a little bit harder. So this is all to say that the more historical data you have, the more accurate your profit trifecta score will be. So for me, you know, this is, I gauge myself at being at 68% success since that's uh, where I've been for the last like three years. So I'm pretty confidently right in here. And my profit loss ratio is, you know, pretty confidently right in here. And my accuracy is pretty confidently right in here. All right. So does this make sense to you guys? Now, uh, just as a question, and you guys who are in the chat room and who are traders or who are watching on YouTube, can you guys figure out right now what your number would be on based on this uh, scoring system? 
So first is how many weeks of consecutive profits do you have? You've got one week, so one, two, three, four, five, six points, potential. What's your accuracy right now? And what's your profit loss ratio? So let's see. Ali on Facebook says he's a five. All right. So where's someone else? David says he's a five. Okay. So beginner traders, that's fine. Sebastian says he's a set, he's a minus seven. Well, he's on a different he's on a different map. We got to work him way work his way up to zero first. Roman's a ten. That's pretty good. Alejandro's a three. George is a one. Justin's a nine. That's really good. Spock is either a zero or eighteen. He's not sure which. <laughs> All right. So you know. And interestingly, on on Facebook Live, a lot a lot of you guys are in the four to five range. Michael's a nine, but a lot of you guys are on the lower side. Um, on YouTube Live, a lot of you guys are uh, kind of on the beginner side, and in the chat room, a lot of you guys are on the higher side, which makes sense because you're in the community and you're practicing every single day. So you're more in the intermediate uh, towards experienced levels. All right, so. Uh, for those of you on Facebook Live, I'll switch this back and put my phone down. Okay, so again, this is something that I want you guys, um, you know, take a screenshot of it if you want and uh, print it out. Wherever you are right now, if you're at a five or a six, what do you need to do in three weeks to get yourself up like four points or up three points, you know, to a eight or a ten or something like that? So you could impro improve your uh, accuracy. You could have more weeks of consistent profit, or you could improve your profit-loss ratio. To me, the easiest one, I mean, it, it's, these two are actually maybe similarly easy. Uh, tighten up your stops. Have your stop losses be as tight as possible, because then inevitably, your profits will be bigger. So you'll have a bigger profit, a better profit-loss ratio when you have a tighter stop. So if you stop out of trades really quickly, now even this week for me, you know, a couple of the trades that I lost on, I lost a full 15 or 18 cents per share, which I hate losing that much because, you know, usually when I'm up 10 cents, I sell half, which means if I end up making 30 cents, well, you know, my average profit will only be like 15 or 16 cents because I sold half so early on. So when I lose with my full position, a full 15 or 18 or 20 cents, it feels like a real defeat. So I really encourage you guys to tighten up those stops as much as possible, number one. Number two, focus on the best quality setups. Trade the best, leave the rest. Now, today was a good example of that for me because I got myself into a trade that really was like B quality setup. It was CDTI. The daily chart wasn't that great. I really wasn't that interested in it. Uh, I thought maybe it had eight or 10 cents of potential. I got in. It ended up dropping really fast, and I lost 800 bucks on it. And the most I probably would have made was like 500. So should I have even taken that trade? No, because even though I wasn't planning on risking $800, this is trading. This is the market. Sometimes you get into a stock, and you know things happen, and you suddenly lose more than you would have expected. So just as you know, food for thought there. Um, but again, I think this is, this is going to help you guys a lot understand where you're at right now. And uh, if you can implement a couple of techniques of what you're going to do over the next, let's say, two weeks or three weeks to help you improve your score, I think that would be um, 
you know, really smart. Okay, so um, with the profit trifecta explained, I want to answer a couple of questions that were submitted this week. Now, as I mentioned last week, you guys can go to warriortrading.com slash show and you can submit questions, you can submit, you can submit stories, and I'll answer a few of them or uh, read some of the stories aloud on an upcoming episode of Behind the Trades. Okay, so the three questions this week. Um, number one, when a stock hits the high day scanner, uh, what's the first thing that you look at? Okay, so um, when a stock hits my high day scanner, this is this is a good question. And actually, we had a similar question last week. But the first thing that I look at is, well, I'm, I'm looking at the scanner. So let me pull up my scanners here, um, and I'll show you an example of one. Okay, so... When a stock hits my high day scanner, the first thing I check is what's the strategy that's triggering the alert? Because right now I have, let's see, two, four, six, eight unique strategies that are part of the scanner. And this is a scanner setting that's um, given to our Warrior Pro students who are in the class. So they get copies of all of these settings. So I know right away that some of these scanners are better than others. And what I've done is I've color-coded them so the yellow ones catch my eye because the yellow ones are the best. So those are, those are, um, that scanner is called Massive Volume and Low Float. And what is that? That's a big imbalance between supply and demand. Right? The float is the supply. So when you, and let's just, for example, a, a company like Bank of America has an outstanding float of, I think, 9.94 billion shares. There are 9.94 billion shares that Bank of America has released onto the open market. That's the supply. Let's think each one of those is like a stack of paper. Okay, it's like this high. It's probably higher, but it's that high and, and huge. Then on the other side, you have a stock like, let's say, Tesla. Tesla has an outstanding float, shares released onto the open market, of about 100 million. So that's a fraction of Bank of America over here. So what we know is that Bank of America has a very large amount of supply, whereas Tesla has a more limited amount of supply. The important thing here is that when you have high demand, and high demand is the result of some type of catalyst, that creates an imbalance between the supply and the demand, and that makes the price go up. So when you have lots of people wanting to buy something that's in limited supply, the price goes up really quickly. And that's just as simple as it is. It's because you don't have as many people selling that stock. When you've got a 9 billion share float, there's a lot of people who have out orders to sell. And so as it starts to move up, you know, buyers are buying from those sellers. And you just have so many sellers that it takes an almost impossible amount of demand for that type of stock to move like 30% in one day. So this scanner tells us stocks that have massive volume and low floats meaning they have the potential to make really big moves. So the first thing I do is I check to see which scanner is alerting the stock. If it's one of these yellow ones, I'll definitely pull up the chart. If it's one of these green ones, I may not even pull up the chart. This has a 94 million share flow and it's 1230. It's lunchtime on a Friday. I'm probably not even going to look at it. I'm just not interested. It's the lower float ones that even during the lunch hour could potentially make a big move. And that's because we know the further we get away from the open, the fewer market participants we have. Because traders who make their money, they leave the market. And that's one less trader, two less traders. Right now we have like 50% of the number of people in our chat room 
that we had at 9.35 this morning. So that's just our chat room. And if that's an indicator of active traders in the overall market, that tells you they're half of what there were uh, you know, a couple hours ago. So the first thing is checking to see which scanner alerted it. And then if I like the scanner alert and I like the time of day, at that point, I'll pull up the chart. And when I pull up the chart, the first thing that I'm looking at is the daily chart. I want to see, are we running into resistance or do we have lots of potential? So, for example, let's say um, CTI, which I traded today. This one, as I looked at it, when it first hit the scanner, it was at like 295. And I thought, well, the 200 moving average, this purple line, is at 295 or 296. It seems like it has a lot of resistance right in that area. Now, it ended up being able to break out over that level. But, you know, just because as it first came up, I saw that. I thought the daily chart's not very good. I don't think I'm going to want to take a trade on it. Whereas a stock like, um, you know, HOS, this one was decent. It had a, more room, but it had this red moving average in the way. Um, another one, GLMD, was on the scanners. The volume was too light. But this one had absolutely no resistance. It was just, you know, really taking off. Okay, so I checked the daily chart. And if we have no resistance on the daily chart, then at that point, I'm looking for the first pullback. So in the case of HOS, the first pullback uh, was my entry right here at 261. So yes, it was squeezing up, but I don't want to buy as it's squeezing. I want to wait for the pullback and then take my entry. So my entry was at 261, and this went up to 293, which was... Uh, a nice 10% uh, move. Okay, so um, so answer, so question number one, when a stock hits the high day scanner, the first thing I look at is the alert, and the second thing is um, the actual uh, daily chart. Okay? Second question, which moving averages do you use? I use, on almost all my charts, the same moving averages. I use the 9, the 20, the 50, and the 200 exponential moving averages. Those are the four. Now, on my daily chart, I have all four. On, oops, on my one-minute chart, I have only, uh, let's see, let me go back here. I have only the 20 moving average. So you can see this is the, uh, the blue line is the 20 moving average. So they're colored the same. So the blue on the one is a 20, the blue on the 5 is the 20, the blue on the daily is the 20. That's the 20 exponential moving average. The gray right here is the 9 exponential moving average, both on the 5 minute and on the daily. Now, I could have all of them, all of these moving averages on all my charts, but the, the lines start to get a little busy, so I kind of simplify them down just to the ones that I think are respected the most. And I usually find that the 20 moving average is respected the best, on um, the one minute chart, as you can see here, pretty well respected. I think the nine and the 20 are equally respected on the five minute and on the daily, the nine, 20, 50 and 200 are all worth watching. And you can probably even put the 100 on there as well, but I just have it set up like that. Okay, so, um, and then the last question was, which would I rather drive, a Lamborghini Huracan or a McLaren? 675, and that's a fantastic question. Um, the answer to that question is, without a doubt, the Lamborghini. That's because I prefer the naturally aspirated engine. I don't really like the, the twin turbo of the McLaren. I drove both of them in Las Vegas, and I really prefer 
the uh, Lamborghini. So to answer that question and to hopefully put an end to the debate, uh, which has been almost nonstop, I would go with the Lamborghini. All right. So uh, let's see. Now, uh, viewer submitted story of the week. So this viewer submitted story is uh, actually an interview that I did earlier this week with one of our students. Uh, his name is Justin. You can see this interview on uh, YouTube right now. It's student made $3,600 within one month of graduating. So you guys can check that out to watch the full interview. It's about uh, 40 minutes long. Okay. But um, what I want to share with you is uh, the fact that Justin came into our classes in February. So he watched the, he attended the 90-day, th uh, three-month uh, Warrior Pro class, including the three times weekly mentor sessions. And then he graduated, oops, sorry, I've got incoming call on Facebook. All right, turn it off. And then he graduated from the class uh, last month. And since then, he's had, I think, three and a half weeks of live trading. And he's been making an average of about $1,200 a week, which honestly is fantastic. And so I wanted to get some insight from him about what's really been working and also what he struggled with. Now, one of the things that he told me early on that was really interesting is that he trades in the morning and then in the afternoon, he's doing real estate appraisals and he's an appraiser and he has his own business. And that was interesting to me because I've noticed a trend that a lot of our most successful, most of our most successful students, in fact, are also small business owners. I think there's something psychologically about the fact that you have multiple streams of revenue that makes you less stressed out about the revenue produced from trading. So for instance, uh, Justin comes into the market each morning from you know 9 a.m. to about 10.30 a.m., and he does the best that he can. He'll take a couple trades. He's mostly trading uh, top and bottom reversals. And if he can make $300, $400, or $500, that's a great day. Regardless of how his day is, he's done by 11 a.m. because he's got to go start doing appraisals. So even if he has a horrible day and he wants to try to make back you know, the money he lost, he can't. He's got to go to his other job. And then when he's at that job, he could be like, you know what? I didn't have a great day of trading this morning, but I'm making money doing my appraisal. And then on the flip side, he has a bad day doing the appraisals. And you could say, you know what? But I made some good money earlier today on trading. And when you have these multiple streams of revenue, you become less dependent on any single one. And it makes it just generally less stressful because you don't place the same weight and the same burden that you have to make $3,600 at the end of this month in order to pay your rent. So uh, for, uh, for Justin, he's doing a couple things. He's got his real estate business, and, and that's just the appraisals. And then what he's also done is he's bought rental properties over the years. Now, where he is in Texas, uh, he's benefited from the, the low price to buy, the low price of maintenance and labor to, to keep up the properties, and then good appreciation. So he has the tenant paying off the mortgage, and then he's able to refinance that house, take that money, invest it into a new property, and just keep doing that. So he's got his appraisal business. He's also got his uh, rental properties. And he said that he was always really interested in the market and in trading. And because of the fact that he's self-employed, he doesn't have a 401k or, or a traditional you know, retirement or a company matching him or anything like that. So that's when he started thinking, I need to 
get a little more serious about my retirement. And so now he's starting to trade. And so one of the things that we talked about is him actively trading his IRA, is actively day trading it, building it up. So every time he gets up to a certain amount, let's say he's gets up to $35,000 from 25 or 28,000, he gets up to 35, he draws money out and he puts that into long-term mutual funds. He puts it aside and lets it earn its, you know, 5 to 8% a year. And then he builds it up to 35 again and then puts more aside. And then he builds it up to 35 again and puts more aside and he just keeps doing that and doing that and doing that knowing that that income right now he doesn't need because he's got his uh, his real estate business and his property management, but that if, as he can grow up this IRA account as quickly as he can, he'll then benefit from compound interest over the next you know 10 or 15 years as that uh, money is growing. So for me, even, this is the same for me really. I only need twenty five, thirty thousand dollars in my day trading account to make good money. I wouldn't make more money if I had three hundred thousand dollars in that account. So if I had 300 grand sitting in my trading account, I'm basically wasting 250,000 of it. And I should put that somewhere else where it can earn more interest. And, and that's what I do. I draw the money out of my account and then I put it in long-term mutual, mutual funds, just investments. Now, those aren't going to earn anything in terms of the same percentages of my day trading account, but that's fine because I'm putting them away for a long time and I have the benefit of compound interest, especially on my side, because I'm in my 30s. So, you know, if I don't retire until I'm 55 or 60, I've got a solid 25 years that that money can grow. So earlier this year, I took out 70,000 from my day trading account and put it into uh, long-term mutual funds, put it away, let it work. Now, those don't happen to be tax-free in my case, so I will pay the income tax on the growth, but it's still that idea that you're putting money away and then eventually, you can draw on those long-term funds. You can usually, they say conservatively draw, you know, three to 4% a year for almost forever, as long as you're continuing to see growth. So once you get an account up to a million dollars, once you've grown an IRA or, uh, you know, managed mutual fund account up to a million dollars, you should be able to draw out about $40,000 a year to live off of. And so that's why for retirement goals, a lot of people will try to grow their, their accounts up to, you know, a million, million and a half, maybe two million, which when you have the benefit of compound interest on your side and you start early, it's easily doable. So, you know, Justin's getting himself uh, focused on his retirement planning. And for him, trading is a method of quickly building up those long-term uh, mutual funds, which is, I mean, it's really a fantastic uh, way to do it. So... He came into the class looking to get education to become a better trader. He wasn't thinking about being an investor because he he didn't really want the pressure of having to be responsible for, you know, $150,000 investments because, you know, when you're in charge of your mutual funds, it feels like a lot of responsibility. Whereas when you're actively trading a small account and trying to make 500 to 1000 a day, it feels much more manageable. And so that's his focus right now. And uh, one month out of the class, he's had uh, a fantastic first month. His accuracy is great. His profit-loss ratios are great. And I'm hoping that he just uh, continues to really thrive. So one of the things that um, I think is worth noting is that, yes, there are some people who probably have a natural aptitude 
for trading. I didn't because I wasn't successful for like two years when I started. And Justin seems to just be really good at it. Now, my life is when I started was a lot different from the way his is now. Stress, things like that, probably a factor. But regardless of that natural aptitude, if you come into the market and you just try to jump in without any training, odds are you're going to lose money. And he was talking about this when it comes to real estate. If you just start buying up properties thinking you're going to turn them into rentals with no experience, odds are you're going to be one of those people that loses their shirt. They make bad investments. They don't do a full um, inspection before they buy. End up buying a house with termites or buying a house with asbestos or buying a house with, you know, uh, sitting on a wooden foundation that's, you know, rotting. I mean, whatever it could be. And then you end up losing everything. And it's the same thing with trading. Yes, 9 out of 10 traders will fail. But it's because they're getting into the market without any training whatsoever. They just jump in and, you know, buy a little of this, a little of that. And that's not uh, a strategy for long-term success. Okay, so anyways, I wanted to share that story with you because, um, you know, I love seeing students who have gone through the class and are now doing really well. And, and he's certainly one of them. Okay, so... Um, today's gift, as I said, is uh, access to our Warrior Starter Course. Now, last week we gave access to um, Chris. The week before, I think we had, or the uh, session before that was Eric. And today, our winner is Kyle H. All right, so Kyle, I'm going to send you an email. I've got your email credentials because you submitted a question. So I'll email you back and give you access to the Warrior Starter Course. All right, and again, anyone watching today to... Um, potentially get uh, access to the Warrior Starter course next week on next week's gift. You just have to submit a question or submit a story at warriortrading.com slash show. All right. So we love to have you guys uh, participate and be part of the show. Those of you who are watching, you can also put um, questions in the comments uh, on YouTube or Facebook, and I'll come back through during the week and answer as many of them as I can. All right. You can see here, um, this is going to be um, an audio uh, podcast that you'll be able to watch or listen to on uh, iTunes. So for those of you that like to listen while you're driving, you can check it out on iTunes. It's also on uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Facebook, and uh, it'll be embedded on the website. Okay, so um, again, thank you guys for hanging out with me today for episode eight of behind the trades and we will do it again uh, really soon next week um, we may take a week off and then do it again uh, the week after but any questions that you submit between now and the next class I'll review and make sure uh, we get them answered so I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend get a little bit of rest relax the weather's starting to be not well it's actually like kind of raining here right now but the weather for the most part has been really warming up so this is a great time of year to get outside get a little fresh air, you know, focus on the trading during, you know, your two hour a day block when you're going to do it and then put it on the back burner and go enjoy other stuff. Okay. All right. So that's it for now. And I'll see you all first thing Monday morning. All right. Bye guys.